This is Cooper, son of Ander, coming at you from Waring, the capital of Zapal. I'm here tonight for the Waring Gala, the biggest charity event this side of Teamka. Coming this night, we'll have plenty of incredible A-list celebrities and guests. We might even see some familiar faces. The event this year celebrates the theme of Strings of Fate. And the centerpiece of tonight's event is the Golden Shawl, an item said to be worth about 800,000 gold pieces, donated kindly by the Mavis Group for tonight's events. Now join me as we enjoy a night of drama, fashion, and mystery. Who knows what events could happen inside these walls, but let's hope that this ball goes off without a hitch. And here to report on it all, I'm Cooper. Son of Ander, I'll see you soon. Hold your head up, warrior. We got a whole world to win. In honor of our fallen fighters and future generations, it might not be easy. No, we made the tears start to flow. Get up, look in the mirror, and say, I'm gonna be me. About one month ago, you each received an invitation. It was gaudy and ornate, gold script upon cream-colored paper, delicate calligraphy dancing across the page. An invitation to a party like no other. The Waring Gala. Held in the capital of Zapal, the Waring Gala is a charity event that raises tons of money. The theme this year is Strings of Fate, a not-so-subtle nod towards Lady Fate, who plays at the convergence of the gods. That month has passed, and now it is the night of the gala. You are all arriving and getting to cross the golden carpet. Everyone, roll me initiative. 18. 10. 11. 17. Okay, so first up to arrive is your character, Aram. Okay. Who are you playing? What are their pronouns? And what are they wearing? So I am playing Etsu. And uh, their pronouns are he, him. And he is wearing this emerald green, very shiny suit. And it's a three-piece suit. He has no shirt on underneath the vest. He's got uh, kind of like longish black hair that's pulled back. uh, so So it's like off his collar. And the sleeves on the suit are uh, sheer. And you can see underneath. And it's not skin that you can see underneath. It's fake golden scales that also peek out along the top of his hands and uh, along his ankles as well. So everywhere where you where, where you could see a flesh, it's actually this kind of fake woven golden scales. Okay. Second to arrive is Franklin's character, uh, please tell me your name, pronouns, and what you are wearing. I'll be playing uh, Dorothea Black, but please call me Granny. Um, she uh, uses she/her pronouns, um, and she is very, very short human woman with curly white hair and just 
the oldest looking grandma you've ever seen. She has uh, a like mid sleeve crushed violet velvet dress and gloves that come up to the elbow and this gigantic hat with ostrich feathers and um, little uh, fringe that comes, uh, white fringe that comes down from the, uh, where the gloves uh, end. She also has her plus one, who is uh, Mr. Gentleman, a skeleton in a matching suit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Up now is Matt. Who are you playing? What are their pronouns and what are they wearing? All right. uh, I'm playing Blue. He's a furbolg druid. Pretty shy. He's an animal smuggler. Doesn't spend a lot of time around uh, other people. Um, and he is attending, uh, dressed as uh, in a red cape uh, with some uh, sort of smoky trails wisping off of it. And as he moves, a uh, he's using uh, the thorn whip cantrip to uh, pull himself across the red carpet. So from underneath the cape, a vine like thwips out and like pulls him further along and thwips out and pulls him further along uh, the red carpet. I just like that he's too lazy to walk. He's just using the thorn whip. Yep. All right. Final, last but not least, Sammy. Who are you playing? What are their pronouns and what are they wearing? So my character um, is a human named Prada Dazzle Song. So you need to understand a little bit about Prada to understand the history behind this outfit. So they are sort of... Their pronouns are they, them, um, and they are supernaturally uh, enchanting to people. Um, so the first year they came to to this event, they wore this amazing dress and everyone loved it. Um, but the next year they, they left it a bit late and they had to wear something plainer. But they realized everyone loved it just as much. So they've been putting progressively less and less effort in until last year they just wore like sweatpants and then suddenly, for like next three months, every one right, every runway, there was someone wearing sweatpants. Um, so this year, they've fashioned a dress out of a burlap <laughs> sack, and I don't know if everyone's gonna fall for it. Like maybe your characters won't, but I think the average response is still that this is very positive, very innovative, an amazing outfit. Really, wow! And strings of fate, I can see. I can see how this is strings of fate. <laughs> Because fate has put you in poverty. That's why you have mm. to make a burlap dress. Yeah. But all their, like, their makeup is, like, perfect. They've got this great winged, um, like, winged eyeliner, and they've got all these rings on. But the outfit mm. is just a sack. <laughs> okay. So all of you arrive. Now we're going to jump forward about 30 minutes. After having walked to the entrance of this hall, your coats and things were put into a coat check. Then you were all brought into the entry hall where appetizers were served and there was a small stage where a speech by the event's president was set to happen. At the center of the stage, upon a pedestal within a small glass case, is the centerpiece of this event, an ancient artifact known as the Golden Shawl. That name describes not only its color, but also the material of the shawl. It is made of strings of gold, so thin that it feels like touching fabric. The estimated cost of this item is 800,000 gold pieces. After a few minutes, 
The gala's cabinet, consisting of four members, were on the slightly risen stage, ready for the speech. The speech was your usual boring nonsense, and approximately three minutes into it, the president, Poe White, asked for a special guest to join them on stage, an intern who had been crucial to setting up this whole event. The young dragonborn began to walk across the stage, but as she walked, she began to fall towards the ground at having tripped over her own feet. That's when a circle of darkness consumed all five people on the stage. There was screaming and panicking, but after a few moments, the darkness cleared. The young intern was face-planted onto the ground with the vice president standing next to her. The president was curled up into a ball on the ground. The treasurer looked completely unfazed, and the secretary was on his knees with his hands in the air. The security forces provided by the Mavis group began pushing guests out of the room and into the dining room to continue the event. But you four stayed, because you noticed what no one else did. As this circle disappeared, you saw that the golden shawl was gone. And that's where we pick up. You are standing in front of a representative of the Mavis group. A human man named Elixia Nolis is talking to you all. So I see that you've seen that the shawl is gone. And I'm pretty sure I know all of you, or at least know of you. You all retired heroes or something? At least that's what I remember. If I have my memory right. Yes, yes. Retired. Retired. I wasn't thinking of stealing that shawl at all. I consider it more of a career change. Heroes, yes, kind of you to say. Yes. Something like that. Heroes, check. Retired, check. Good. I could use some help, then. Our security guards are busy keeping the crowd at bay, but my assumption is that the missing shawl is still here in the premises. And my guess is that one of those five nincompoops is the one who stole it. So I'm willing to pay each of you 5,000 gold pieces if you manage to return the shawl unscathed. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, well, I'll do it for the fun. <laughs> I'll do oh, it for the money. It does sound quite delightful. What makes you think it was one of those five? They were the only ones on the stage, and as far as we can tell, they were the only ones who would know anything about it. As far as I know, the pedestal was alarmed, and the alarm didn't go off. Which means that something must have happened, and the only people who were on the list to not cause the alarm to go off were myself and the five people on stage. Uh, do I notice, does Blue notice anything suspicious about this uh, Mavis group individual? Does he seem like he might know more than he's letting on? Uh, you can roll me insight for that. 22. 22. With a 22, he's very defensive. Um, he's clearly, like, he has his arms crossed and everything. He's clearly not telling you something. Um, and he seems very annoyed but you're not sure what it is. You don't know if he's straight up lying to you or if there's something else there. Hmm. How well do we know? Have we ever met him before? Uh, no. So everyone can roll me history on the Mavis group if you would like more information on them. I got a dirty 20. 
Okay. Got a natural 20. I got a dirty 20 as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> we know everything about them. We've kept very studious notes. Matt was the founder. <laughs> you got a two on that one, so uh, I've never even heard of them. Okay, two. so you've never heard of the Mavis group. For those of you who've rolled uh, dirty 20s or non-natural 20s, what you would know about the Mavis group is that they're kind of a global interest group. They are full of investors, bankers. Uh, there's a lot of money that flows within this group. Uh, you know that they not only did the security for the event, but the golden shawl is a donation to this charity event, which they expect back. For the natural 20, you would know, Etsu, that there has been a lot of controversy about this event. That's been sort of kept under wraps by the Mavis group. This shawl is from a clan within Zapal, known as the Karodaz clan. They're an old, old clan of people who lived in the land, lived in the desert, and it was found at one of, an archaeological dig on one of their sites. You would know that there's a lot of drama there, and that in addition, originally the agreement was that the Mavis group may dig on their sites, but any relics would be returned, and they did not return the golden shawl so Mm. you would know that that's something that he's probably not telling you do i know what it means to the people besides being a relic um it was used it was a gift from the chieftain of the tribe a long time ago she made it and spun it herself for her wife to symbolize the uh wife's connection to the land um you can probably learn more information about it besides that but it is a big historical relic. Ah, well, I, I would ex- I would quietly exchange this information with the rest of them, mm-hmm. like not trying to bring, not trying to let people know how much we know just yet. But mm-hmm. I tell the others. So the representative of the Mavis group, Lixalad Nolis, looks at you all and says, "So can I count on your discretion and your cooperation in this event?" Of course. I suppose it could be fun. Certainly. Who were the f- the five up on stage? It was the president, vice president, secretary, intern, and who else? And the treasurer. And I can give you their names as you meet them all. Where are they now? They're all. They've all been seated around the sort of entry hall. The sort of like it's basically the first room that you go into to get all the appetizers before you go into the actual dining room for the rest of the event. They're all seated around the room in different benches and things. There are some, like, tall cocktail tables and things and some other decorations all around. All very on theme, but they all seem to be sort of annoyed and sitting in the corner by themselves. Hmm. I can give you quick descriptions of them all. Um, Sure. The president, Poe White, is an elf. Um, He's an older man. He's, He's sort of very egotistical he very much has a bit of an ego about him um the vice president is tasha long river she is a short halfling woman with uh, brown hair and dark skin uh she seems sort of nervous about this whole situation there's rama maliks the treasurer for the cabinet they're a furbolg with grayish blue skin and a fat flat pink nose not fat pink nose and they have these glasses on and just seem honestly bored with his entire situation. There is the secretary, Amar Darozak. 
Uh, he is a half-elven man. He's just kind of shy and seems to be keeping to himself. His skin is almost sunburnt looking. It's like a pinkish color. And then the intern you don't know the name of, but she is a dragonborn uh, with big, big glasses on her face and a very, like, a nervous knee. Like, her knee is just bouncing the entire time. Hmm. Well, what do you think? Should we investigate the pedestal that had the shawl on it, or should we start talking to people? Perhaps some investigation beforehand would aid us in our interrogations. I am, however, a bit worried about them being able to talk to each other. Perhaps we should separate them now. Perhaps one of us or two of us talk to them while the others look around. I'm quite good at interrogation. Oh, well, so am I. Perfect. I'm happy to... Blue Blue would like to go over to the pedestal and, and just see what he can see about uh, how this thing works or if it looks like there's any sign of, of any tampering while everyone else is... Uh, I, I don't know, but like while some of the other characters are uh, talking to the uh, folks who are on stage. Yeah, it seems like Granny and Blue are going to go investigate while Etsu and... Sammy, what's your character's name again? Prada Dazzle Prada, Song. yes. Thank you. While Etsu and Prada talk to the guests, uh, the cabinet. Uh, we're going to go with our investigators first. So, Granny and Blue. You hmm. head up onto the stage. It's about five feet off the ground. Um, there's like a little curtain sort of covering up underneath it. Uh, and you head up onto the ped- onto the stage. The pedestal is at the very center of the stage. It is made of stone. It's very much like a Roman pillar sort of thing with a small with a glass case on top. Inside you can see a thin standing rod, so it's like a rod that goes up that hangs over for the shawl to be draped over. Um and you can see that the shawl is gone and there's just that standing rod inside. What would you like to look for? <laughs> Could I cast Detect Magic and uh, observe any sort of magical traces that might be in the area? Sure. Are you casting as a ritual or just straight up casting it? I figure this is the one shot. Let's just cast it. Okay. Uh, you find... Actually, what's the thickness of something that prevents Detect Magic from going through again? Uh, one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, or a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay, so you would get something very quickly. Uh, you would get the sense that there is a magical presence inside this glass case. Like, because it's basically like a glass cover. And you can get a magical sense from inside of there. And you can get something else that's in there, but you don't know exactly what it is. The glass case is abjuration magic, though. Do I, and I don't have a sense of what the other magic is? No, it's it's protected by something. You just know it's there. It seems like there is still the abjuration on on the case itself, but there is a curious presence I can't seem to uh, put my finger on. Blue's feeling very tempted to try to open the case, knowing that it's alarmed. I'm going to reach out and then reach back and reach out and reach back, and then I look back over to... Uh, Lixalod and who I presume is still like present uh, and I say what can you tell us about the security on this thing 
It's an alarm spell along with a explosive rune, but just some minor enchantments to ensure that the item won't be tampered with. After all, it is quite powerful and it is a magical artifact. Luckily, it won't be damaged in the explosion, but any intruders would be. Um, uh, thank you for letting us know about the explosive rune as we're going to investigate uh, this thing. Is it, I presume, set to explode if the case is opened? Oh, yes. Opened, shattered. If the boundary is broken, it is set to explode. It seems to me that something either transported, teleported the shawl out, teleported in, grabbed it, and then... It removed itself without disturbing the, the the case. So we might be looking for someone who has the, the, the capability to do that. You mean magic. Teleportation is quite powerful magics. Hmm. As far as I know, most of the cabinet has some sort of magical skill. Perhaps someone with a blink spell that they were able to move into the ethereal plane and then back to this one. Well, I think we know what's We've learned what we can about the the case, but I'd still like to just um, check around it and and see if I can notice any sort of sign that that someone has tampered with it, either like Mm -hmm. a crack in the case or maybe something that had been attached to it in some way. Okay. Uh, Roll me investigation. 18. Okay. With an 18, you basically comb up and down this pedestal. And you find a very thin seam on the pedestal on the back, um, as if there's some sort of panel there. Before you continue investigating that, we're going to cut over to the other players. All right. What are you two doing? How, how far away are the cabinet from each other? The cabinet are all on, like, they're all really spread out in this room. It's a pretty big room because it needs to fit several hundred guests Mm. but they're basically all spread out none of them are really near each other and you can see that like tasha the vice president is kind of glaring at the president but not really saying anything but none of them are close Mm. enough to really talk to one another or really like get super involved in a conversation well we can split them up or do a little good night bad night (laughs) why that does sound perfect doesn't it Ooh, do you want to be good or bad I'm always bad. Okay, you be bad, and I'll be good. All right, who would you like to speak to? Well, I say we go right to the top. So you go over to Poe, the president of the Gala Cabinet. He is an older elf. Um, He's kind of lounging about. He has a drink in his hand and is sort of just sipping on it. He doesn't seem to care about anything, Um, but he sees you approach and he sits up. Puffs his chest out a bit and says, Why, hello. How can I help you both? Well, hello there, Mr. White. We are very concerned about the loss of your fine, fine artifact, as I'm sure you are. Oh, yes, I'm so concerned. Mm. Takes a sip of his drink. So, have you met my associate? Uh... Why, hello. Prada Dazzle Song, although I'm sure you knew that. I'm quite renowned. I love your outfit. Oh my goodness. 
so on theme. It's it's brilliant. Well, that's what you should expect, but flattery is not going to get you through this uh this conversation we're having. I'm sure you know that. Oh, flattery gets me many places. Takes oh, another sip of his drink. Of course it does. Such a distinguished gentleman as yourself must get miles on your flattery. And I'm sure you can back it all up. You are so well-connected, so wealthy, so charming. Am I being bad enough? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's just go from either end. Okay, so what can you tell us about what you experienced in all that darkness? Well, it was dark. Mm. And I... Being the brave man that I was, decided the best thing to do was to curl up into a ball to protect everyone. Mm, A defensive ball, yes. Yes. Yes, of course. How brave. Ah, so you're a coward then, are you? (gasps) He, like, opens his mouth and looks at you just (laughs) aghast. He says, excuse me. Now, now, Prado, we cannot all be warriors. I'm sure the decisions made were adequate for the time. He, like, grumbles to himself and takes another sip of his drink. So why don't you cut to the chase then, Poe? Who would have an interest in in sabotaging this event? No one. This event is made for the most powerful, the most exclusive people. Anyone who wishes to disturb this event is a fool or a peasant. So which are you? I do not want to disturb this event. Oh, wait, I'm good cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude cop, bad cop. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I, 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 pull, I pull Ed so aside. I, I do not think that we are quite a... Nailing this technique. <laughs> I know, I'm so bad at it. It's just like good cop, it's so boring. But I'll try, I'll try really hard, okay? Okay? Maybe we should take a different tact. Okay. I do have a uh, I do have a certain spell, a Ooh. a zone of truthfulness. There we I go. Exert on this area. Now I can I can only do it a certain number of times, so do we want to do it one by one or do we want to just gather them all and Get them in one shot. That does make sense. Line them up and put them through. I'd hate for the others to hear what's happening, though. And give them a clue. So I have to be careful. Perhaps just give me a nod and I'll go wrangle the next one very quickly as soon as we're done with this one. I think I have an idea. Okay. Okay. And we're going to cut it right there. And we'll come back <laughs> to your idea in a second. Back to Blue and Granny. You have found a panel on this pedestal. Granny, what would you like to do? Oh, Mr. Gentleman, I think I have a nail file in my my, my clutch. Yes, yes. And Mr. Gentleman like, <laughs> has been holding Granny's clutch for her this whole time and opens up and produces a little nail file. And she just like uses it to like go along the seam and see, see if it opens or can like move at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Roll me a sleight of hand. Oh, she's not good at that. Oh, that is a non-natural one. Okay. You start, like, pushing the the um, nail file against it, and you just aren't getting anywhere. You're just, oh, like, pushing it and pushing it. And then suddenly, you push it, and you push too hard. And the panel almost seems to 
bend inward slightly. The very seam of it does. So it's open. It's just not fully intact. Oh, well, you you can't make an omelette without breaking a few uh, rock's eggs, as it were. Can Blue um, try to help with this process? Maybe uh, just sort of pick at it a little bit. I'm also just ever so slightly concerned that um that this is the explosive part of the of the pedestal uh, also what is, what is the pedestal made out of the pedestal is made out of stone uh, but this seems to almost be like a false piece of stone there um the panel is open it is just bent inward slightly so you can open it but something may have happened on the inside <sighs> okay um as cautiously as possible I'd first like to try to back up a little bit and encourage Granny to back up a little bit, just in case, uh, and then use Mold Earth to try to deform the stone away from the outside of the panel so that it is easier to push open. Yeah, so you can pull the stone away, um, away from the panel, and it's Mm -hmm. much easier to open now. I'm holding my breath in case it blows up, but it's, I think I'm like, my hands are in front of my face, but I'm like, okay, 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 okay. What's in the panel? All right. The panel is now open. You can see that there is a, what looks to be like a button or something or like a switch, except there are these runes that go out from the switch, which have been cut by the metal of the panel and seem to no longer be lit. Can I read those? What languages do you know? Actually, it's not really a language. It's more of just... They're magical runes, but you wouldn't know what power they have because there's no magic flowing through them right now. Okay. Hmm. hmm. So difficult to identify. Can can we just kind of gesture over to Lixalot and be like, what do you know about this little bit? Uh, Lixalot comes over and is like, hmm. I haven't seen this before. This wasn't on the panel the pedestal originally this is a new edition hmm strange have you tried pushing the button yet i'm so tempted to push the button i really want to push the button granny should we push the button oh let's maybe stand back a little bit mr gentleman once we're a little bit away will you push the button Yes, would you do the honors? Uh, Mr. Gentleman nods voraciously, uh, waits for you all to back up, along with Lixila, who takes a step back. And then he stands there, takes off the first flange of his index finger, then throws it at the button. And it hits the button, and a little bit of magic goes through that runic symbol, but stops where it's cut. And then he goes over, picks up his flange, puts it back on, then walks back over. That was very good, darling. Very good. Good throw. Do we know anyone with, uh, who could do some mending? Oh, I can do some mending. I, I'm so forgetful these days. Can I try and use mending on the runes to see yeah. if that will Go ahead. repair? Mending. Um, and, like, weird purple energy, like, courses through and repairs what has been broken. Okay. So the rune is now completely fixed. It connects on both ends. What would you like to do now? Are you down for another throw of that flangey? Certainly. There's a voracious nod 
from Mr. Gentleman. And you all step back once again, and he throws his finger. And when it pushes the button, you watch the light from the magical rune move somewhere into inside the panel, uh, inside the pedestal. And then you hear a whirring noise. Um, my detect magic, I believe, is still going. Do I know what school of magic this is? This would be transmutation magic. It seems to be a curious form of the transfiguration arts. Hmm, hmm strange. What could no it one be seems altering? to have activated it. Are we certain that the shawl is actually gone? Uh, you can press it again and sort of investigate the area if you'd like and see what that whirring sound is coming from. Uh, yeah, let's uh, just, I, I kind of want to give it just like a jab, 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 press, 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 and see if mm-hmm. I can trace the sound to wherever it's going. Okay, so you start jabbing the button really quickly, and you mm-hmm. begin to track the sound. And you can tell that it's coming from within the glass case. Roll me a investigation. Hmm. Could I use my passive investigation? Yeah. Natural 20. Great, 22. Oh, your passive investigation is 22? Yep. How? Wow! Uh, My stone speaker crystal. Okay. Dang. Gives me a a plus 7 to (laughs) passive investigation. All right. So, you both notice it at the same time. When you push this button, the standing rod begins to spin. The very the part where the shawl would have been laying on top of begins to s- rotate. Well, it's just kind of a display case feature. Why does it need to be magic to do that spinning, huh? Do you mean like it would like? Do you mean like it would rotate, or that the part that it would rest on would spin and kind of like roll it? Off? It would spin almost. It would roll off basically. It would spin almost like. I guess the best way to explain it is like toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> it would spin like that. Looks like it might have rolled down. Hmm. Curious. While you two think about that, we're going to cut back over to the other two. I don't want you to tell me the plan. All right. I just want you to enact it. Well, I kind of need to know the plan. (laughs) That's why we have chat. All right, fair enough. I'm just going to follow along. So, So I walk into a sort of a fairly empty part of the room, and I pull from the back of my burlap dress burlap dress a fine lute and I begin strumming and singing the the most beautiful song I can imagine um, with the hope of gathering the suspects intriguing them and bringing them all to this central point roll me performance I have a plus nine so let's see how we do that is a natural 20 wow. slash a 29. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so with a natural 20, you get all of them immediately look at you, and you can tell that some of them are recognizing you and recognizing that you're, like, a famous retired musician who's now playing for them privately, and that's, like, a big deal. Um, and they all sort of gather around you. Um, you do notice that the intern, whose name you still don't know, uh, seems very nervous. Her tail is wrapped around her leg, um, and she's sort of like nervously tapping as she comes over to listen to your music. 
Okay, so I think I, I'm still like, I'm strumming, it's the middle of the, it's the bridge, and I'm strumming, and then I say, okay, everyone, now, just, just let this happen. Let this happen to you. And I cast Zone of Truth, um, <laughs> encompassing everyone who's standing in front of my performance. <laughs> I want you to roll me Persuasion with Advantage for the Nat 20. Okay, that is also a plus nine. <laughs> Get in there. Expertise. You've got to love expertise. That is going to be a 27. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll roll and see if they can manage to insight it, but I don't think they'll be able to. That was a four and a two, so no. Uh, they all just Close. sort of let the music wash over them. And they all fail the saving throw. <laughs> okay, Etsu. Uh, so I put away my I put away my loot. Okay, song over. Now everyone split up. I can't have you talking to each other. Um, and then I go to Etsu. Okay, this should be a little bit easier now. <laughs> Etsu was totally into the song. Like there's tears on his cheeks. He was completely enwrapped, like everyone else was. Oh, 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 oh no, Etsu! You're, you didn't we, fall we, for it uh, too, no, did um, you? Yes, of course. No, I'm sorry. Um, I was just <laughs> thinking of something. Anyways, uh, what shall we do? Uh, keep in mind, you can't lie if you were enraptured in the song. Yeah. Oh, right. Because right, 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 I'm in the thing. I was, I was completely enraptured by your song and I'm totally embarrassed by it. So shall we start? <laughs> yes. Question that for sounds- you, Etsu. <laughs> Were you in the radius of the spell? Yes, 100% he was. Okay. 100%. Had no Are idea. you willingly failing? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me roll. I rolled a two, so yes. <laughs> okay. So you also have Zone of Truth on yourself now. Yes, yes All right. absolutely. I really, really don't like this suit. I stole it. And it's to hide who I actually am, but it's kind of an obvious hide. Anyway, should we start talking to people? Yes, yes. Um, it's not compulsively tell the truth. <laughs> well, it would be for him. For, for okay. Etsu, it's just, just he's going to sure. vomit truth. Yeah. Just want to make okay. sure we're on the same page here. Well, we do only have ten minutes, so um, perhaps we should split up. All right. Okay, you take the intern, and mm-hmm. I will take the secretary, I believe. Okay. Mm, okay. We'll go back to Granny Black and Blue. You two have now seen that this standing pole shakes and rotates. What would you like to do? Well, I'm curious about why this would be useful and if there's some effect to the rotation. So you said that it, it sort of rotates like a like a toilet paper dispenser. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it sort of like an arm that sticks up and then has like a horizontal roller yes. at the end of it? So there is a vertical arm mm-hmm. with a horizontal arm. So it's kind of like an upside down L. Mm-hmm. And that horizontal part is where is what is rolling. And it's also where the shawl would be, be sort of draped upon. And now Lixalot said that the trigger for the explosion, I'm very, I'm very... Um, um, concerned about not getting blown up. Said that the trigger for the explosion was the case being opened. Is that correct? Yes. He said that the case being opened or broken would cause the explosion. I am considering, I think what I want to do, to see what happens with this 
it, with this rolling, if like it rolls off and like something like disappears into like a secret compartment or something like that, mm-hmm. or if there's some sort of portal at the bottom of this case, I would like to conjure, use conjure animals to conjure a creature on top of the roller without opening the case and then okay. roll it off and see if it falls to the bottom and, and does something. What are you conjuring? What's what's an animal that's shawl-like? I don't know. Like, if I put, like, something a that's snake? not going to try to, like... What, what was that? A snake. I was thinking either a snake or a sloth, maybe? Like, I have, like, just a like a sloth kind of dangling off of it, and then it rolls off and lets the sloth fall to the bottom of the case? Sure. So you basically hold out your hands, and you mm-hmm. summon a sloth, who is just kind of hanging inside the case onto the <laughs> rod and looks very bored. And he's eating, like, a leaf very slowly. And then you hit the button, and his eyes very slowly go wide as this thing starts spinning really quickly. And he lets go and falls through the pedestal. Mm-hmm. Look at but how you can still see that are. there's still a flat surface beneath it. But he's passed through what looks like a flat surface. Yep. Um, I've forgotten all about the shawl. Blue's just like, my sloth! <laughs> Can I... Hmm. Lift... Be, being careful not to tip anything over. Try to lift the case and then the pedestal? You can try. Um, roll me an athletics check. Can I have Mr. Gentleman help him? Yeah, Mr. Gentleman oh. can kill him over and help, so roll with advantage. Okay, that was a 13 on the first roll and a 13 on the second roll. With your modifiers, what is it? Is it still 13? Uh, uh, No, it was a 5 plus 8. Okay. So you try and lift this pedestal, but you can tell that it's probably somehow attached to this stage. Mm. It is very hard to lift. Can I use mold earth again to try to excavate underneath the stage? So the stage is made of wood. Do you want to cut off the mm. pedestal or just get rid of the stage? <laughs> well, I can't. So I can't use mold earth on the on something that's made of wood. Yeah. Um, per- perhaps there's a, another way under the stage. A stage door, perhaps. Can we see? That's a good idea. Is there any way to get under the stage? Roll me investigation, both of you. This is not a difficult check. Ten. Um, I rolled and I got a twenty-two. Okay. Blue, you're busy looking for a stage door or something, but you're still so worried about the sloth that you're just not seeing it. Granny Black, you basically go over to where you stepped up onto the stage, step off, see that there's like the little curtain that hangs around the stage, and just lift it up. And you can go under the stage. Over here, darling. Oh, oh, okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Blue's been, like, preparing, like, a plant growth spell just in case the, the sloth is hungry and rushes over. <laughs> all right. If you're trying to look under the stage, it is very dark. Um, I'm going to need you all to roll me uh, perception, even if you have, like, dark dark vision. Granny got a 17. Uh, passive perception for Blue is 17. And with the roll, <laughs> it's a natural one. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, perception would get me to to an 8. Okay. With uh, a 17 and an 8. With the 8, you're just trying to see this 
the sloth. And this entire mm. area underneath the stage is metal and like it's very small and tight. You think you could probably crawl into there? Um, clearly the stage is temporary. It's just meant to be there for the event and then be cleared out of this area. And you can't find the sloth. But with a 17, you can see the sloth is right underneath where the pedestal was. And the sloth looks at you and you can tell that something is dripping from it. Uh, dripping. Mm-hmm. dripping. Um, I am pretty small, so I'm going to wa- like wander underneath the stage and be muttering to myself like a bit in bigger tombs than this and uh, <laughs> uh go over and i inspect the the sloth and be like oh hello sweetie what what what's getting all over you uh so you pick up the sloth are you picking him up under his armpits or like by the scruff of his neck how are you picking up this sloth gently let me roll for it so i need you to roll me animal handling with disadvantage um oh uh that's a six Okay, with the six, the sloth starts screaming in your arms. I don't do... do, Blue! Blue! I cast cast animal friendship uh, and uh, persuade the sloth that we mean it no harm. Can you tell me what animal friendship does? Uh, Convinces a beast that you mean it no harm. Okay. Uh, Range is 30 feet. Uh, So the sloth stops screaming and just looks at Granny Black. Looking at the sloth, you can tell that what's on its sort of chest area is some sort of red liquid. Looks like it might be blood. Oh no, is the sloth, is he, does he look injured? No, sloth looks totally fine. Hmm. Um, I'm going to uh, pull out this 19 inch long crystal. She just keeps it tucked away in, in, in her dress. And she pulls it out and it glows a little bit and she just taps the... Uh, the sloth on the head and cast speak with animals okay hello darling i'm you can call me granny i just have a couple questions for you hello granny what was going through that uh, portal thing like for you can you tell me what you observed i was munching on a leaf and then i fell and then I was on something wet. And then y- I got pulled and yanked. And then I screamed. And now I'm tired. On something on something wet? I, I want to look down where uh, the sloth was. Okay. As Blue, I'd like to also just like reach my hand down there and cast Produce Flame to cast some light in this understage area. Okay. All right. With the help of the flame... You notice that underneath the pedestal, there is a small pool, like very small pool, of almost pinkish reddish liquid, which you think is probably blood, but it's not like fresh blood. It's not like that maroonish color. It is just sort of pinkish yet reddish. Granny Black being where you are, looking up, you can tell that the pedestal is actually... Besides, like, a thick outer wall, it is completely hollow. Hmm. Someone has been up to some shenanigans here. (laughs) Shenanigans? That's the sloth's name. (laughs) Your name is Shenanigans. I thought my name was Leaf. 
Well, but now okay. you have a second name. Leaf Shenanigans. My name is now Shenanigans. All right. <laughs> We're going to cut over to the other two now. Who would like to start their interrogation? You go right ahead. No, you go. Oh, I go? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Actually, I'm going to switch up. I'm going to go for the treasurer instead. Okay. Is that okay? All right. The treasurer. So, Rama, so the, correct? Rama. They are a furbolg with grayish blue skin, a flat pink nose with glasses on, and now that the music has stopped, they seemed quite bored. Mm. So I'll walk up. We're all still within the zone of truth, right? Yes. You're all, okay. like, in different areas of the zone of truth. Yes. And how fancy do they look, considering the fact that we're at the Met Gala? Uh, you mean the Wearing Gala? Jeez. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> One more time. How fancy do they... <laughs> How fancy do they all look, considering that we're at the wearing gala? Rama isn't very fancy. They're kind of mm. just wearing a pantsuit. They look very bored. It's like grayish black. Their shirt is white. They're not wearing a tie or anything. It's They seem bored. They're okay. wearing like normal shoes. They Honestly, it looks like it's probably another work day for them. Mm. Okay. Etsu just kind of strides right up looks at them for a moment and says, Hmm. Not a lot of effort tonight, eh? Perhaps you spent too much time worrying about the shawl. Why would I be worried about the shawl? I don't know. How are the finances of your organization? They are... rough? Hmm. Wait. How? Why? Well, you are the treasurer. It's what you know. Yes, but I... Why am I telling you the truth? Because you have to. They just sit back and look at you. You want the item back, don't you? I do. be a bit more concerned, considering it's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. The finances are. If it cannot be found, it has to come out of somewhere. Well, you should talk to Lixila. He has the item insured for 1,200,000 gold pieces. And how much is the item worth? 800,000. Oh, well, that is quite a tight profit. Do you have anything else for me? Actually, I like you. Do you have any suspicions? If I had to place my suspicions on someone, it would be Poe. After all, he's the reason why we're so far in the financial troubles but i don't have my proof yet likes to spend a bit does he yes and not on things that are smart i'll say that much well you are quite a good treasure i'm very impressed do pardon me for my suspicions please do not let poe that i'm on to him I've been trying to have him arrested. I've been gathering all the data I need to make sure that he goes to jail for what he's done. This will be just between you and I. Thank you. And goes walking off towards Poe. All right. So, Prada, you are approaching this very nervous green dragonborn intern. Why, hello. I am Prada Dazzlesong, although you already knew that. Yeah, yes, I, I did already know that. You're, you're Prada, you're, you're amazing, and your outfit is just incredible. And mm-hmm, I... Mm-hmm. You're talking to me. I am 
talking to you. Very good observation. That was a joke. You made a joke with me. You're trying to be funny in front of... (laughs) She, like, sits down for a second and, like, takes a deep (laughs) breath. (sighs) So, do you know anything about what is going on here tonight? Uh, you mean the event? I can tell you a lot about the event. I was I was really important in planning in it, or at least I I feel like I was. I called all the vendors. I helped arrange for the shawl. Ah, uh, uh, stop, stop, d- stop, stop, stop. You're groveling just a little. The crime. I'm asking about the crime. Do you know anything about the crime? I mean, it was dark and I fell and hit my face. That's all I really... I mean, I, I was invited on stage and then I tripped. And then I smashed my face in, and it hurts. Do you have any suspicions about who might be behind tonight's goings-ons? Um, yes. Please tell me. But you can't... I need this internship. It's it's for my college, and you can't tell anyone. Oh, please, I can pay you handsomely. Wait, really? Why, yes... You see, if the culprit is found, I will be receiving 5,000 gold. I could certainly give you 1,000 of that as a reward. I hardly have need of it. That would help with my tuition payment so much. Okay, um, I suspect Tasha's involved. I've, I've read about her, I, like, know her, and... I know that she used to be really active in activist communities, and I think that maybe she stole it? I mean, what with all the drama behind the shawl and everything, I I think that she might have been responsible. I see. Do do you have any evidence of this? There's there's a scrapbook in her desk in her office. It, It has a bunch of pictures from when she was an activist. But please, you can't get me in trouble. This internship is for my fashion school. Like, for my fashion school. Please. I understand I'm not looking to get anyone in trouble. Except the culprit. So if you've done no wrong, you have nothing to fear. Okay. And she just sort of, like, nods and says, Can you sign my glasses? (laughs) I don't see why not. Do you have some sort of marker? Um, um, yes. And they pull out, like, fantasy Sharpie. (laughs) (laughs) All all right, here I go. And I think I take it and I sign it right on the lens. You'll see me wherever you go. (laughs) Do you sign, like, one lens and then the other one? Like, so your first name's on one lens, second name's on the next one? But reverse, so that when they're looking through the lenses, they see the name. (laughs) exactly alright and she puts on the glasses and says thank you back to under the stage is there any sign uh, with this pool of blood or possibly Pepto-Bismol where it might have been like is there any indication of how it was spilled or how recently so looking around you can tell that there might have been something in the center of this pool of blood um, and you can roll me investigation, either of you, to see where it might have gone. Rolled and got a 22. I swear. I, I swear. Natural one for blue. Blue is just so worried about the sloth. Yeah. I'm assuming that you've now picked up the sloth. 
I'm like squeezing my way through the through the stage door, like arms outstretched to um, leaf shenanigans. You are now like coddling leaf shenanigans in your arms <laughs> like a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you take a look at this pool of blood, Granny Black, and you notice that it seems to almost be dragged off to the side somewhat. Like there's almost a smear of part of the pool. As if something had been dragged out. But there must have been something in the center of this pool that, like, made the pool. You also notice that, like, the pool of blood is just more watery than, like, actual blood. Watery Hmm. blood, huh? Very strange. Very strange. Not sure what it means. Do you think that we should go rejoin our our compatriots and uh, share our findings? Yeah, yeah, we can introduce Leaf to them. Uh, it just uh, just want to be clear about the this track is that it was just dragged to like the side under the stage and there doesn't seem to be anywhere else to go from there. Is that correct? No, it actually looks like it's dragged towards the front of the stage. Oh. Oh. Um, and hmm. the pool sort of stops, but you can see occasional droplets. Oh, perhaps we've actually found a trail. Just kind of like waving my arms around in that direction is there i'm not like connecting with something invisible there am i no hmm a trail towards the front of the stage and is there does there seem to be any sort of trap door there no uh it's the same curtain that you'd already walked through to get down there oh i see oh, okay. i see so it's dragged through the same curtain that we found mm-hmm. in okay well someone clearly jabbed that button the thing rolled down Someone must have been waiting down here. Someone with very watery blood. Uh, I don't know why. Or they were attacked or injured or something. There was some sort of attack here. Who was closest to the pedestal and could have pressed the button in the darkness? Uh, The closest to the pedestal would have been either Amar, the secretary, or Tasha, the vice president. Hmm. And what positions were they found in? Amar was on his knees with his hands up, and Tasha was standing right next to uh, the intern, whose name you still don't know. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think our investigation has pretty much identified how it was done, so now we got to figure out the, uh, who had the, who had the means to do that, and who might have been involved in setting up this the whole pedestal situation here. Hmm. Do you guys want to try and follow a little bit of the trail at least? Let's see if we can do it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need you both to roll me survival checks with disadvantage. Eleven, nine. Uh, that is a 12 and a 19, so 14. 14, okay. With a 14... You begin to follow the trail that leads out of this stage. And you watch as there's a few drops out from right underneath the stage. And then it stops. The frequency just isn't there anymore. It it used to be every few paces, like very small paces from what you can tell. But then it just stops. Was it heading in the direction of the room that everyone else is in? It was heading towards the front of the stage, towards, like, the cocktail area, where everyone was Mm. having their drinks and everything. It reaches out from the curtain, and then it stops. 
Yeah, so that's what you find with a 14. Hmm. Mr. Gentleman, keep a, keep a wary uh, ocular unit out for any more of those droplets. Uh, Mr. Gentleman nods, reaches up, picks up his head, and points it at the ground and begins moving it back and forth like a, a metal detector looking for blood. <laughs> oh, Mr. Gentleman, you have such funny antics. Any way to um, check out this? The, the, the fact that it seems like unusual blood is very suspicious to me. Uh, Blue is does a lot of work with strange exotic animals and is pretty curious. I'm pretty curious about what sort of creature this would have come from. Uh, roll me a nature check. 15. Okay. With a 15... You know that the reason that the blood is so weird is because it's not just blood. It's blood and some sort of saline mixture or something. Some sort of preserving thing. Like a, not really a formaldehyde, but you said But like a salt solution, sort of. Salt solution. Huh. Uh, This sort of thing would be used on, like, raw meat, perhaps. Like a marinade? Not a marinade, like at a butcher's, they would like put this on. Ah, okay, to preserve to preserve meat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's curious. Did we see anyone at this gala who would be involved in anything like that? Anything involving like raw meat or storage, or like maybe a some sort of butcher or merchant who? Not really. All the food that's being served is cooked. Yeah. Um, the members of the of the cabinet have nothing to do with like cooked meat or butchery or anything they're just folks who work for the gala perhaps some sort of meat golem i was just thinking maybe it was some sort of maybe the thief is a steak (laughs) stranger things have happened let me tell you pork chop of some kind oh pork chop is far too difficult to deal with it's probably beef Beef. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. This is this is this is turning into quite the puzzler. Hmm. But I think that we've reached a, a dead end in this. Uh, in. Perhaps, okay. per, perhaps our friends can uh, enlighten us. All right. So you all convene together. There are still two members who have not been interrogated yet, but you are all back together. And technically, Poe hasn't been interrogated under the spell yet i was heading towards poe but then she saw that everyone is coming together and still under the spell myself i'm like wait right there wait right there we believe you're guilty well at least your treasurer thinks you're guilty don't you dear yes of course wait right there and i return the to treasurer the looks at you with fury in their eyes like if their eyes could shoot daggers they'd shoot a broadsword at you <laughs> I'm uh, I'm oblivious, and I just kind of like wave. Hello, dear. We'll be right with you all. Poe <laughs> immediately begins to like sweat and like look uncomfortable. But you all reconvene, I guess. We exchange information. Mm. But I'd still like to talk to Tasha as well. Tasha, after what I've heard okay. from the unnamed intern. Do you want to get together and talk to Tasha, or talk to Tasha first? 
Okay, maybe we'll reconvene and decide what to do. Okay. But it depends. How long have we got left on our zone of I'll say that you have... I'll say that no matter how much lo- how much time this conversation takes, I will warn you before the spell ends. Okay, Is that okay? Because I do want to get a chance to talk to everyone. Everyone? Yes. Okay. okay, I will warn you if you won't have enough time. Okay. Alright, so we're going to exchange information, what we found. There's some sort of, like, hidden roller device in the pillar that lowered something down to the stage and something that was a mix of dripping a mix of blood and preservatives seems to have retrieved it and then disappeared out into the crowd what have you what have you learned from the uh from the folks who were up on stage well they're all they're all guilty i mean of something i'm off to this well, most people we i have picked up that the the vice president tasha might be involved mm. in this whole affair Mm. Um, what makes you say she's that? she's a bit of an activist. Honestly, people who want social change, I, I cannot stand them. Why don't you just get rich? Well, they tried that, but they spent too much money. I did find that out in quite a bit of debt. And that shawl is insured for 1.2 million gold. Interesting. Who is that benefit- a lot to you people? <laughs> I think it's a lot to anyone, <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay, good to know. Good to know. That would be a... You probably don't do your own finances, but out of character, that would still be a lot to you. See, I probably... It's like, I'm playing it that, like, in this one shot, I only have the gold that I got from my character sheet, but I did have a genie... Like, I did wish for wealth from a genie, so I don't (laughs) know how much money I have. That's fine. I think it approaches infinite. I'm not sure. (laughs) Who benefits uh, directly from the insurance policy? That's a good question. I assume the organization, but I didn't really get an exact number on that. Rama, do you get the money or does the organization? We don't get any of the money. Where does it go? For the insurance. They kind of realize that they're like shouting across the room (laughs) and just stop speaking. Like lean back. They're so difficult. And they're uh, all guilty. Then Lix comes over, Lixila, and says, The money goes to us. The shawl is our property. Can I insight check that? Insight check? Yeah, go ahead. That's a nat one. Granny believes him. Why would he lie? Well, to be fair, he is in the zone of truth. So, what you're saying, Lixila, is that were you to have stolen this shawl, claimed it was missing, get a nice 1.2 million gold payout, and the shawl as well. I have no reason for that. Everyone has a reason for the million gold. No reason? 1.2 million gold? I can think of a lot of reasons. Um, I honestly, I'm pretty suspicious of this Mavis group now. They had, they stood to gain the most... They had, as this one's organizing security, they certainly had the opportunity to set up this um, secret panel in the pedestal. And so, and and they they like there's there would be nothing preventing them from from doing this if they're the ones who are like trusted to look after it. So, question: Are you saying this in front of Lixala or no? I'm whispering it to the sloth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the sloth is nodding. Mm. Sloth is nodding voraciously. Right. Rubbing its chin very slowly. Mm. <laughs> Give it a ponder, Sloth. 
My name is Leaf Shenanigans. What's what? What are names? What are names worth? Uh, okay. Um, I I don't know. Like I, I we should finish interrogating everybody, I suppose. But I, I got my eye on this uh, on Lixalock. Could we find out if any of the leadership of the organization have the ability to cast a darkness spell? Yeah, so um, you can pretty quickly just go around and ask them like, if they have any spells or anything. Most mm. of them have some sort of spell usage, um, whether it's like Mage Hand or Mending or that sort of thing. But they more of just use it for clerical work. If there's anyone you wish to interrogate specifically, um, we can have an actual conversation about that. But every single one of these people has some sort of magical ability. Now hear me out. Magical dolphin. Magical dolphin. You you are saying words. You are saying words, <laughs> certainly. So, if you want to split into two groups and interview the last three members, because I know one of you wants to go back to Poe. Mm-hmm. I'll go to Poe. There you go. Yeah. I want to do Tasha. Yeah. So, Granny's going to Poe. Uh, Prada's going to Tasha. Uh, who's going to Amar? That's the last one you haven't talked to yet. I'll go to Amar. Blue will head on over. Okay. And I kind of want to get under, get it, and I want to get under the stage while they're okay. all doing that. Yeah. All right. Let's go to someone new first. Let's go to Tasha and Prada. Tasha is a halfling with dark hair. Uh, she seems kind of nervous now that you're approaching um she's like wringing her hands together and she just sort of looks up and says uh hello prada ah good then introductions aren't necessary are they yes i am prada and um i want to know what you know about what happened tonight um well it was dark and then it wasn't and there was like a weird whirring sound that I heard. I saw I saw that uh, Kelly over there was starting to fall. And I ran over to try and help her. But I was too slow because that's when the darkness hit. And then she hit the ground. And it sounded bad. And then I was standing right next to her when the darkness ended. Now do tell me. I know you have some uh, magical potential. Can you cast any sort of darkness upon an area? Oh, no. Uh, my spells are more showy. Uh, lots of lights, lots of colors. Um, I used to use it as, like, a performer back when I used to, like, frequent open mic nights and things. And she says that very nervously. <laughs> I heard you have a certain activist streak. Um, I'd like to not talk about this. Well, I would quite like you to talk about this. You know, if the if the criminal is found tonight, I can give you 1,000 golden pieces. Roll me persuasion with advantage. Two natural ones. <laughs> which is still a 10. <laughs> By the way, which is still a 10. <laughs> so, you start, you start pushing. Like, not physically, but like, pushing to try and pressure her to say it. And finally she goes, 
Fine, I used to be an activist, but now I'm not because I can't afford to lose this job because I need the money, okay? Now leave me alone! Alright, no, no need to get so antsy. This is an interrogation, alright? It is going to be a little bit adversarial at times. Honestly, I think it's quite interesting. Last year it was quite boring here at the gala, and this is much more fun, so why don't you just settle down? She is not talking to you. She has her arms crossed, her legs pulled up, and she is just sitting there with her mouth shut. I don't think I handled this with my normal social grace. (laughs) I walk away. (laughs) (laughs) You walk away. Alright, let's go to Granny Black and... Yeah, Granny's going to Poe. So let's go to Granny. Um, and no one was coming with me. It's just me alone, right? Yep, it's just you alone. All of you are splitting up. As I'm walking over, I look at him and I fumble with my little skull pendant necklace and I cast Detect Thoughts on him. Okay. All right. Uh, is there, there's not a saving throw until you try and push deeper. So Yeah, uh, yeah and it lasts for uh, up to a minute and questions verbally directed at the target naturally shape the course of its thoughts. Okay, cool. He kind of looks at you stoically. Oh, darling, how how have you been tonight? This is obviously very stressful. He says, yes, this is quite stressful, um, but I don't mind too much. Uh, and in his thoughts, he says, this is boring. I want to be partying or on one of my many boats. <laughs> And that is his surface thoughts, and I will give you less in the future. Well, uh, yes, this is, I'm quite old, and this is getting quite tiresome. So uh, if you have any information that could uh, guide us a little bit of more effectively, uh, I would very much appreciate it. He says, I don't really have too much that can help you. In his mind, you hear, look at Amar. That jerk. Oh, do you have reasons to suspect any of your compatriots? Um, Perhaps some. Uh, And then you hear, he was late to the event today. Hmm. Well, I I will try not to tire you any further. I, I know we old folk can just be a little bit of a nuisance. We just carry on. So here, Mr. Gentleman, Mr. Gentleman, would you get a lemon sweetie from my bag? And uh, you see Mr. Gentleman still walking around with like his skull, points it up to look at you, nods it in his hand, then heads over to your bag to get a lemon sweet tea. Just like a little lemon drop candy. Yeah, okay. Give it to the nice man. So he picks up the lemon drop candy, and he's holding the lemon drop candy in one hand, and he's holding his own skull right in the man's face, hands him the candy, then points it to you, as if waiting for his next command. Excellent. We won't we won't tire you anymore. Um, and then Granny is going to shuffle over towards... Um, uh, Blue and Amar, yes? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll start with Blue and Amar, and then I'll let you know when you come into the conversation. Blue, you approach Amar. He is a half-elf. Um, his skin is almost pinkish. It looks like it's sunburnt. Um, he has dark hair and dark eyes, um, and he's 
kind of just sort of said to himself, he's the one person out of the cabinet members that you haven't talked to yet. Have you met my sloth? Oh, I, I haven't. <laughs> What's your name, little one? And he, like, sort of leans in to the sloth. And the sloth goes, My name's Leaf Shenanigans. And Amar sort of nods and says, That's, that's a good name. Isn't he precious? I regret that his first time out at a, a society event was, um, uh, he had to see um, such um, stress and, and crime, frankly. How, how are you holding up? Uh, Amar, was it? Yes, uh, Amar. Uh, I'm, I'm holding up well. Um, what happened to the sloth? What, what's on his chest? Isn't it strange? Can you make any heads or tails of this? I turned away for a second and he was covered with this substance. Do you have any idea what it could be? Um, roll me persuasion or deception. Let's see. Um, persuasion or deception. I'm going to do deception. It's a plus four. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. He looks at you kind of suspiciously and says, how sloths are pretty slow from what I remember. Uh, Anyways, I have no idea. Do you know where it was? Uh, well, I turned away for a moment, and he seemed to... Um, this is when we were standing over by the stage, so he must have gotten involved in some sort of a mess over by the stage. Uh, you you were up in that direction, in, in that part of the, the room, weren't you? Uh, well, we were all on the stage, but I don't remember there being a mess there. What was your experience when the lights went out? Um, well, I honestly thought we might be getting attacked. I was scared a little bit. Well, with the the protests and everything that have been happening with the event, so I got to my knees and held my hands up. I was worried. Were you concerned about protesters becoming violent? Uh, a little, but not... I don't know. You read a lot of things or you hear things, especially organizing the event. We've heard a lot more than most. Yes, I can imagine it was a difficult event to organize, uh, but the uh, Mavis group seems to have been quite an asset in, in keeping things under control, at least until the shawl disappeared. Do you work with the with the Mavis group often? Roll me an insight on that. Fourteen. There is a shift in his demeanor when you mention the Mavis group. It is not, you, you can't really tell what it is. But he's less shy, and he sort of seems to sit up more. And he says, uh, no, I haven't worked with the Mavis group before. This is my first time interacting with them. And he's still under the zone of truth, just so you know. How did they come to be involved in this event? Um, I, as far as I've read, they found out about the ruins dug in the ruins and found the shawl and then donated it for publicity to the gala and then i hear they're planning on selling it to the highest bidder with and and who's who's to benefit from from that sale the mavis group oh it's not really a charity auction at all is it well the it's not a charity auction it's a charity event so the people sure. who are all here are donating money to our charity. Ah, I but see. The so... shawl itself is the Mavis Group property. 
It I is see. merely the centerpiece of the event. Interesting. And uh, it seems as though as though uh, your intern was just about to, to stumble. Did you see, like, was there something that tripped her up? Oh, Quezra, yes. Um, she's, she kind of trips over her own feet sometimes. She's a little bit of a klutz. Hmm. So just generally clumsy, but it, it, it sounds like uh, there wasn't something that that knocked her over or anything like that. I mean, not as far as I could tell, uh, but hmm. I wasn't really looking at her. I was more just looking at the crowd. That shawl, it, it, what, do you, what do you know about the, the protests? Well, I know that the clan that it is from was very upset. I know that their people were very upset. It is an insult to their tribe and their clan for the Mavis group to have broken their agreement. You didn't have any second thoughts about partnering with the Mavis group after what they'd done to that clan? I had many thoughts about that after what they did to the Karadaz clan, but none that were fruitful. What do you know of the Karadaz clan? Uh, they live out in the deserts of Zapal. They... And he sort of pauses and, like, thinks for a moment. He says, they're a clan of orcs out in the Shulo Desert. They have some mystical powers, as far as I know. They're able to connect with a beast, sort of like an animal companion. But yeah, that's all I can share. Do I, as a... As a druid, um, mm-hmm. has my druidic scholarship or, or learning, have I ever heard anything about them? Particularly because I, I have a lot of um, shape-shifting abilities myself. Is, is that mm-hmm. something that I would have ever, like, do I consider them colleagues? Uh, roll me a nature check. Eight. Eight. So I'll tell you this much, because you would know a little bit. The clan isn't druids. They aren't. They have some druids among them, but it's more like some sort of spiritual bond with the animals of the land. It's said that when these people come to age, they each find an animal who is then bonded to them, and that they are sort of like permanent companions for as long as they live. Okay, okay. Um, and this can be any animal from within the desert. Do we know, I'm, I'm asking um, Amar this do you know anything about the significance that this golden shawl has to them? Is it purely decorative, or did it have some uh, uh, ability, or did it have uh, a place in a ritual? He sits there for a moment or two, sort of, like, thinking. Uh, and I think this is also when Granny Black shows up. Uh, and he says, it's, it's, it has magical powers. It also is a very important relic it's part of our history it's part of our heritage one are of the you first... a member of the clan he just sits there and doesn't say anything but what does he think are you transferring over the detect thoughts uh it, it lasts up to a minute so you tell me if i need to if it's ended or i need to cast it again because i can't i'll say that i'll say that you keep it you walk over and you cast detect thoughts and you hear are you a member of the clan and then you hear from him, yes. How, how are your discussions going <laughs> over here, friend? So, uh, what, what, what a delightful conversation this has been. <laughs> Granny, have you met 
Amar, we were just discussing the golden shawl. No, I have not had the pleasure yet to meet uh, Mr. Darazak. It's uh, Granny, Dorothea Black, but call me Granny. And I, I reach out to shake his hand. He very nervously puts out his hand, and he shakes your hand, and in his head you can hear him say, Crap. Sorry I'm so late coming over here. It's so hard to be on time. You know, things just come up and, you know, get in the way. Um, Things can always make you late for appointments and all of that. She's very frail and forgetful. You'll have to excuse her. Um, uh, being Mentioning being late, does that bring up anything to his, his mind? When you say being late, he thinks, I hope Dino's okay. We haven't heard that name before, have we? Nope. Blue is uh, motivated to gain this person's trust because... Uh, Seems like they they are involved in in these proceedings in a way that is significant. Um, So I would say, like, leaning in and and just sort of, like, petting the sloth a little bit. As one friend to the animal, to what I presume might be another friend to animals, uh, I think I can say that it seems important that artifacts remain with the people to whom they belong. Don't you agree, Granny? Oh, quite certainly. Uh, roll me persuasion with advantage. Ooh, uh, that is a dirty 20. Okay. Uh, when you say that, Granny, you hear, uh, in his mind, uh, you hear, they might be on my side. I hope we can count on your assistance to get to the bottom of things so that any stolen property might be returned to its rightful owners. The only people who stole it was the Mavis group. It certainly seems as though that is the case. I wonder where it might be now. Um, when you say, I wonder where it might be now, Granny, you hear coat room. <laughs> that was easy. Nailed it. <laughs> where else would a shawl be? With the coats. Honestly, that's we should have checked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you want to say anything else to Amar? Because we still have Etsu trying to climb under the stage. I think what I might like to do, are all of the, the people involved in the organization, um, are they sitting, like, around the same table? Or are they in close proximity? They're not all next to each other, but they're all, they're, like, they're all within the zone of truth. So, within, like, a 20-foot radius or so. A little more than that, I think. Well, I Something think I might like say that. Uh, to Granny, um, oh dear, I, you must you must be very tired, uh, Granny. I, I know this has been a long night. We should probably find our friends and uh, find a place for you to sit down. You look exhausted. Uh, unless you, you have any uh, further conversation you might like to have with this uh, lovely person. Oh, no, that I, I think a nice sit down would be nice. Mr. Gentleman, Mr. Gentleman. Mr. Diamond comes over with his head in his hand. Uh, you can you can replace your head, Ness. Uh, would you just give me a hand? And I use him as, like, I just kind of hold it. He, like, extends his arm, and I just hold it as, like, a little support. And he's, he's, he's my support skeleton. I put my hand on Granny's shoulder. Uh, with the other hand, I lean in towards uh, Amar and uh, sort of open my arms so that the sloth can climb over to him. And I'm like... Would you mind taking my sloth for a moment? Uh, no problem. I, I I can take care of Leaf. 
And uh, as Leaf moves from my arm to Amar's, I cast Beast Sense so that I can see and hear through him. Uh, and then with my hand on Granny, I'm using Granny to guide me because I can't see for myself at this point. Uh, just but, you know, trying to make it look as though I'm helping her okay. as we as we walk off. All right. Uh, I want you to give me either performance or deception. All right. Let's see how this goes. You can have an advantage on it, too, because this, I really want this to work. <laughs> it's a 19 and a 15. Okay. So a 19. Everyone seems to believe that you're helping Granny. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cut over to Etsu. Uh, you get to the stage. Right. You lift up the curtain. Okay. It is dark. It is dank down there. And you'd probably yes. have to army crawl because you're a big guy. All right. Etsu's looking down. Or at least, like, eight. hunched down. Yeah. yeah. Etsu's looking down like, hmm, I suspect this leads to the sea. And Etsu will, <laughs> Etsu will kind of... Crawl down and look around in there. <laughs> okay. There is no ocean down here. They must have hidden it well. Okay. Is there anything like is there any extra like uh, is there are there other spaces, any place to go, or is it just down and that's it? It's literally like so basically they have a wooden stage like yeah. set up. And it's literally just support beams sure. underneath the stage. And there's just, like, the area with the little bit of blood that we had seen before, mm. and the upwards up into the pedestal. Okay. So there's that area, which you haven't seen. Um, and you can also see the blood, like, smear and trail leading out from underneath the stage. Leading out where? Towards the front of the stage, towards the, like, cocktail area. So under the stage, towards the front. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. I will army crawl after it. I will remove my jacket. Okay. And then I will army crawl after it. Shirtless, you army crawl across the ground towards where this is. Um, and I wonder how s- a dolphin managed this. <laughs> <laughs> you reach the end of the blood trail, which is like right outside of the curtain. And then I need you to roll me a survival check to follow it. Oh, no. Oh, oh, just to follow it. Okay. Uh, 16 plus zero. So 16. 16. Okay. With a 16, you notice that the blood trail stops. But you're looking around, and then you notice right next to one of the cocktail tables with the long, <clears throat> long tablecloth, there's a little drop or two of blood. Ah. As he stands up, brushes himself off, walks over to the table, grabs the, uh, uh, the sheet over it, and yanks it off the table. Okay. So you all finish your conversations, <laughs> and you hear... I try to do it with with leaving all the glasses intact. You know okay, I mean? then you need to roll me a sleight of hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh, that's going to be a 14 plus 2, so 16. Okay. With a 16, you rip it out, and there's one glass that's, like, spinning t- closer and closer towards the edge, and you just very carefully, like, catch it. Right. Like, like trying not to look obvious. Right? Yeah, and you yeah, like yeah. push it back onto the table and then you yeah. look underneath the table and there's nothing there except a few drops of blood leading away from this table. Mm. You can roll me another check. <laughs> I have found the invisible corpse. I thought it was a dolphin. It could be a visible dolphins have corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you foresee this 
this ripping of a tablecloth off a table, and then the statement of, aha, I have found the invisible corpse. <laughs> um, corpse. Blue, you cannot see or hear out of yourself. I'm very concerned. Uh, in fact, your senses are a little slower as the sloth. Uh, I just, I, I call out, you found the what now? <laughs> I want someone to cast slow on that sloth so badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to hear that because I, my senses are still coming through the sloth. So I'm, I'm hearing whatever is back at the table with, uh, with the mar. I mean, you'd hear like a whoosh of air, yeah, and then a shout. <laughs> I am rather loud. I said I found the invisible corpse, and I'll poke under the table, expecting to hit it, and then keep poking the ground. Etsu, is this is this good cop or is this bad cop? I'm I'm not quite following. Mm, this is um, probably possibly misinformed cop. I thought there was a corpse. There's blood. I found more blood and a trail. Uh, you both now see that there is another trail that leads out away from this table. Um, can I have an aside with all of you for for a moment? Oh, sideballs! Yes, I love a sideball. Oh, yes, I will yes. say this: zone of truth is gone. Mm. Yeah, I was about to snap it off anyway, so maybe just before it ends anyway, I make it look like it was my decision. And like, <laughs> right, we're done with that. This is all devolved into nonsense. I am so glad we're getting together because I'm totally unsure of my own abilities. I think the zone of truth is still active. You say right. You're as not it even ends. standing yeah. in the zone of truth that I just dispelled. Oh, oh, I mean, oh well, 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 that good because that was a lie. I, I think I may know where Shaw may be. I have an inkling, but I'm also not entirely sure that we should return it to this um, um, Mavis group. They seem um, they seem a bit uh, shifty, and that's me saying that. I'm a necromancer. But if we don't return the shawl, how will we win? By splitting 800,000 gold. Or, or we, we could return it to the people that the Mavis people originally stole it from. But I'm having an awful lot of fun in this game. I don't, I don't want to lose the game. You just change your definition of winning, darling. What if we shave the sloth, paint it gold, and turn that in instead? <laughs> Do you weave a new shawl out of sloth hair? I don't so it could be done it's sewing someone does it I don't know. That might take more time than we have uh, available. But I I simply don't understand. I mean money is no object of if you're you all would like houses I can provide you with houses. I really to me this is the first thrill I've had in many years doing this investigating and interrogating. I don't want to lose. If we just let them go with the shawl, we lose. No. We gain the friendship of a thrilling clan of orcs. Imagine, imagine the delight of uh, 
playing this incredibly cruel joke on other wealthy on another wealthy organization i'm sure you uh rich people love to uh stick it to each other uh and so this mavis group is is planning to get fabulously wealthy with this insurance scam that i believe they're running uh but you could undermine them you could pull you could yank the rug out from under them by simply returning this shawl to its rightful owners making some Exciting friends who I imagine, if it's thrills that you're looking for, uh, I have to imagine that a reclusive clan of shapeshifting orcs... Was it shapeshifting? Were they shapeshifting or did I just make that up? Not shapeshifting. You're oh, making okay. that up. Whatever. I'm making that up. Okay. I love it, this though. Reclusive clan of, <laughs> this reclusive clan of, um, of desert orcs, I wouldn't be surprised if they had more exciting adventures they might need some capable band of trustworthy allies to perform. And they'll pay us. Well, well, you totally lost me on all of that about friendship. But uh, the the idea of perhaps ending this gala so I don't have to keep coming does sound delightful. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine the disruption to the society, to, to, to society folk. Imagine the gossip. <laughs> all right, I'm in. Just Let's so we're clear, it. we're still getting paid. Yes. I don't know. I'll pay you. Well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm fine. Gold's gold. <laughs> All right. So what is the plan now? Um, now that everyone has kind of like agreed to Granny's way of thinking, um, Granny says, well, I believe um, I, it might be in the coat room. Oh, of course, because it is a shawl. Oh, <laughs> logically. If that doesn't work, let's put everyone in a room and fill it with water until one admits they stole it. <laughs> we'll find that dolphin yet. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait. But no, the dolphin right. won't be affected. The dolphin won't be affected. That's a clever loophole. They were prepared. Mm-hmm. What? What is this about a dolphin? <sighs> to the cloakroom. All right. To the cloakroom. Does the blood go that way? Um, following the blood, you can see that, yes, it does trail that way, but there seem to be large gaps right. in where the blood is. It's like, there's a few drops, and then, right. like, 20, 30 feet gap, and then a few drops, then, like, 20, 30 some feet gap, so on and so forth. And you eventually reach the coat room, where there is a very bored-looking human teenager, just sort of swishing a wand around, like, with a bell. Like, one of the, like, service bells just floating in air. And they look at you and say, Hi, what do you want? If someone can distract this person, uh, I can cast Pass Without a Trace on the rest of the party. Did you say distract? Oh, well, it does seem to be your lucky day, doesn't it? I just happened to pull out my loot and maybe uh, diddle off a tune. Uh, this young, young teenager looking says, who are you? Oh, I'm going to dance. <laughs> Why, I am proud of Dazzle Song. Oh, you're like that artist that, like, my mom listens to. Shots fired. <laughs> Why are you wearing a burlap sack? Well, I think you'd get it if you were trendy. Now, listen here. And I would like to cast, like, you will find me enrapturing. And I would like to cast Charm Person. Okay. Let me roll a saving throw. That is a 19. Wow. 
<laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Teenagers I just can't it. be just can't be impressed. <laughs> the question for you with charm person, do they know that you've tried to charm them? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. She looks at you and says, "Maybe you should like stop talking." And she casts silence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Touché. How does that work? Got to be a wisdom so, save, right? No, it is not. Oh. Let me get hey, the um, thing up. Hey, I have I don't think you'll need to because counterspell. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you counterspell this teenager and they like still hear Prada talking and they look at their wand and they're like what are you like defective or something? Come on, like no, I'm just very old. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to my... Who are you? What do you want? Do you have, like, a ticket for your coat? Like, the gala's not even supposed to be over for, like, another hour. Oh, but I'm just so old. And I, um, I kind of, like, nudge with my foot one of the other people. Um, Lord, I'm not old. Oh, no. What you, I don't know what you want. I'm young. There are. <sighs> this is becoming... Co- this is becoming complicated. Uh, Blue. Blue uh, steps off to the side, just out of out of the uh, eyeline of this teen, uh, casts Disguise Self to resemble Poe White, and then returns and says, What are you doing behind the counter here? You're supposed to be in the kitchen helping out with the, with the caterers. I thought I was hired to work as, like, the coat check girl. Well, you will work as whatever we tell you what your work is. Now get into the kitchen right now. She steps towards you and holds out her hand and says, Ten gold. I'm sorry, is the coat check person trying to bribe the president? <laughs> to be bribed by the president. Oh, they're requesting this wasn't in my oh, oh, I see. Oh, ten gold. She's, I, I thought she was like holding out ten gold to me. No, no, no. She holds out her hand and says, <laughs> what? Give me ten gold. This wasn't in my contract. Well, hang on, I have ten gold in my pocket right here. Just take that. Cool. Alright, bye losers. And she goes to the uh, kitchen. <laughs> oh, goodbye, loser. Bye. It must be a young thing. Uh, so looking at this coat check, like, counter thing, it's less of a counter and more of, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's a doorway and a table at the same time. Yeah. Of, like, there's, like, the upper part and then a swinging door. I'm going to try and hop it and look cool. That doesn't completely touch the ground. Uh, You want to hop it? Roll me an acrobatics. All right. This is going to go well. Oh, well, 17 plus 2, so 19. Okay, 17 plus 2. You basically, like, do a flip over it and look pretty cool. (laughs) Ta-da! Okay, so why are we here? As I start just, like, (laughs) rifling through people's jackets. Oh, this is lovely. We're looking for the shawl, darling. Oh, right, right. And I just start looking for the shawl, pushing jackets aside. Okay. Maybe checking for a wallet or a purse mm-hmm. now and then. Yeah, I think I get in there and start looking too. Excellent. Okay. Everyone can roll me investigation. Um, I think Granny is going to stand watch. Okay. Nice. Also- while this is happening, um, Blue, like, this, the reason that he was so confused by the um, Kochek person offering gold is because his senses are still attuned to that sloth. Has, has, has Blue detected or heard or seen anything off in the other room? Um, in the other room, you've seen that uh, as you've left the room that Amar has stood up now 
and is just holding the sloth and nervously pacing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that the other folks are just kind of sitting around. Quezra, whose name is actually Quezra, not Kelly, is looking at her glasses and just going, wow, over <laughs> and over again. Poe seems bored. Tasha seems, like, angry still. And Rama is still shooting daggers at anyone who looks their way. Okay. Uh, you do notice, roll me, actually no, the sloth would see this. You see that Lixila is sort of heading towards the exit to this room. Back towards the hall where the coat check is. Uh, I'm going to convey that information, drop my beast sense. Uh, how's everybody's, uh, <laughs> have you found anything? I got a 14 for my investigation. 19 plus, okay. I got uh, 8, so <laughs> 27. Okay, with a 27, you are going through these coats, just kind of pulling them aside, looking around. Most of these coats are like floor length. And then you pull apart two cloaks. You look, you hear like a little sound, like a meow. You look down. And there is a baby lion with <gasps> blood on its mouth, with like a little bit of blood on its mouth, and a cloak. Not a cloak, cloak, the shawl okay. on its back. Yeah. And it looks up at you and goes, Meow. and then oh. there is a, like a popping sound, and it disappears and is at the entrance of the room. <gasps> so wait, are we trying to catch... It or are we not Already trying to it. catch it? I've forgotten <laughs> what winning is. Please, someone tell me how to win. I need everyone to roll me initiative. Ooh. It's a blink lion! Okay, Prada. 20. Okay. That's 20. Blue initiative? 7. Granny Black initiative? 0. <laughs> I got Zero. it. <laughs> Zero. Um, I have a minus... I have a minus two to initiative. Wow. And I rolled a two. Wow. All right. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So you all look and see this line in the center of this, like sitting at this coat check with a little like piece of meat, like on its cheek and everything, a little bit of blood and the cloak on its back and the shawl on its back. It looks up at Atsu, mules slightly. Then disappears and reappears at the entrance to the coat check with the shawl on its back. God, my biggest nightmare is a kitten who disappears before I can pet it. <laughs> okay, well that's, that's right. <laughs> um, and for its action, it is going to run out of the room and then uh, keep running. Someone handle the animal! I'm on it. So that is the Blink Lion's turn. Up now is Prada. Uh, okay, so how far away is it? Um, you were towards the entrance of the room, so it's about 60 feet or so away from you. It, it runs feet? very fast. Yeah. I'll close in 30 feet, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll say, Look, I don't, I don't know what, quite what I'm meant to be doing with you, but <laughs> I, I just want this all to slow down right now. So why don't you take a nap? And I'm going to cast sleep as a second level spell on okay. the on the lion. How many hit points does it? Like it's five d eight, right? But at second level, it is uh, plus two, so seven d eight. I guess. Okay, to roll you'll right still now. have to roll. 
I've got a good chance I'm feeling. I'm feeling yeah. this. It's a kitten. Alright, 7d8. Let's see what we can do. Um... Uh, 13, 18, 20, 24. Okay, you cast the spell, and you watch as the blink line that has been running away from you just collapses. Oh! <laughs> just like, not like violently, but just like, no. like begins yawning. Kitten, yeah, where they kind of like wiggle back and <laughs> forth, and a little head just poof. Yeah, it just yeah. like collapses on the ground <laughs> with the shawl. Well, good, 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 good. And yeah, so I've closed in 30 feet, and mm-hmm. that's my go. Alright, uh, we're going to sort of skip initiative, because you've completely undid <laughs> this creature in one turn. I spend my turn looking at its little toe beans. <laughs> um, it has very little toe beans. Uh, it is a baby lion, but like, it's it's a lion, but it's still a baby. Like, you can tell that it's a boy from like the extra tufts of fur around its head. He's just so small. And you see Lixala round the corner. He says, Ah, so you found the shawl. Fantastic. Be careful, that lion bit the sloth. <laughs> um, we, uh, speaking to my party, we do not want this Mavis group to have the shawl. Is that correct? We want to get it back to the clan? That's what we agreed. Yes. yes. Both for our own reasons. <laughs> Blue would like to walk up to the lion, to the kitten, mm-hmm. to pick it up gently. Uh, and then, Still sleeping in your arms. Still sleeping in my arms. And then abruptly, I'm wearing a red cloak, twirl the cloak around myself, activate the cloak of the mountebank, and vanish in a puff of smoke, reappearing next to Amar in the other room, uh, holding the lion. And I'd like to say, we'd like to offer you a trade. So we're going to keep initiative. Because <laughs> seeing that happen, Lixala turns around and looks at you and says, That shawl is our property. You really shouldn't do this. And he holds his hand up, and a greatsword appears in his right hand. I'm going to roll initiative for Lixala. I withdraw my short sword. <laughs> Fantastic. So glad. So that was actually in initiative, because Blue just went. Uh, Unfortunately, it is now Lixala's turn. And Lixala, with his greatsword, will run up to you. And he's going to try and strike you with the flat end. Running up to Blue, or? Blue, Blue. yes. Uh, That is a natural 20. Woof. Real quick, does Lixala run through my threatened zone? No, because he was at the entryway, and the cat would have fallen down before the entryway. Gotcha. Okay, this is going to hurt. Warning. That is going to be 22 damage. Okay. As Lixala takes his greatsword and just slashes it into you. Uh, second attack? So that's 26. Oh, yeah, 26. will That'll hit. Okay, that's going to be 10 damage. Okay. Alright, up now is Etsu. Lixla is about 40, 50 feet away from you. We'll say 50. Okay. And is Lixla engaged now because they've run up to the other... Yep, engaged right. with uh, Blue. Then I am going to run up with mm-hmm. my short sword, get behind them, and cut along their belt so their pants fall down. Okay. 
You need to roll the hit first. I don't yeah. know why I'm yeah. saying that it works. So, so 21. 21 hits. Okay, and I get my sneak attack? Uh, yes, because yeah. I are currently engaged with an ally. The belt takes 12 plus 2, so 14. Okay, you do 14 damage to the belt, cut straight through it, and his pants just fall to the ground. And you can Ha-ha. see that he's wearing heart-shaped bo- heart boxers. Ha! You are now embarrassed in front of everyone. You must give up. Up now is Granny Black. <laughs> Granny Black is reading her spell list. <laughs> Granny Black is reading her spell list and uh, pulls out... Um, I was like, ah, yes, um, this might do the trick. And is going to cast a um, suggestion on him. Okay. I think think that he has advantage on the save because we're fighting him i'm not entirely i believe sure. so that makes sense um so he's got to be the 15 well that's a three and an eight so no but i'm going to use a legendary resistance for this man fiddlesticks up now back to the top of the order we have oh wait 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 Oh, I, sorry. I have Mr. Gentleman. Okay, what is Mr. Gentleman going to do? I'm going to use my bonus action to command Mr. Gentleman to grapple uh, Lixalon. Lixalad. Okay. okay, so roll for Mr. Gentleman's strength check. It's not the best. Um, uh, that is a nat one. Well, congratulations. I rolled a nat one too. And I will give you the credit for that. <laughs> Can it happen in some, like, comedic, weird way that it's actually, like, he's hopping over on his one foot and accidentally just, like, topples onto him and it just they just fall down together? So, here's what I'm gonna say. With two nat ones, <laughs> Mr. Gentleman is hopping around on one leg, runs over to uh, Lixla and goes to grab him to grapple him and gets knocked back. Tries again, but this time instead of, like, trying to grab him, detaches his entire bone form and just becomes, like, bone armor, pinching him inwards. Mr. Gentleman, you learn all sorts of new things every day. (laughs) Um, and he drops his sword. He has been disarmed. Lixla, without his sword, is easy to take down. You just come over and knock him out together as a group. Now that the drama of the fight has finished and the cabinet members have stopped screaming, Amar looks up to you, Blue, and says, uh, You said we had a deal? Or at least an offer? Yes, I think it's a fair trade. Your $800,000 gold piece shawl in exchange for our sloth. He smiles very brightly and he says, Of course, can I, can I have Dino back with it? I think this belongs to you as well, and uh, I assume that's the um, that's the the kitten. Yeah, he nods. I know how important a pet is. <laughs> Not so fast. We still don't know where the kitten's accomplice is. Where's the dolphin kitten? You're not in the room, all right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the dolphin. The dolphin. The kitten just yawns. As, as as after the kitten is handed over, Blue kind of rolls his eyes and sighs and uses wild shape to become a dolphin. 
Etsu runs into the room and sees a dolphin just flapping on the floor. There it is! <laughs> you thought you'd get away, didn't you, dolphin? Hmm. <laughs> I think we're done here. <laughs> okay. So, you all help Amar get away with the shawl. Get him out of the area. You convince this mess of a cabinet to never tell the truth of Amar and the fact that he's, he has it. Lixila is sent to jail for trying to harm people at a public event. Um, and you would assume that the Mavis group is going to have some financial difficulties in the future because of this. The gala goes off quietly. Uh, it sort of ends. There's no real big celebration. But the four of you leave this place knowing that you helped defend indigenous people and that you helped them get back a relic. And my message for all of you for this episode is that corporations don't belong at Pride. <laughs> they really right. don't. Yeah. They really now, don't. we're going to be doing some outros, so why don't we go one by one and introduce ourselves what show we're on, and why we're a part of this, and just what you liked about the game. Um, hi, I'm Franklin, and I played Granny Black. Uh, I am the DM for the Queer for Adventure podcast, um, a fun Planescape uh, weird adventure. And uh, what what else? What we What we thought about the adventure, and... Just like what you liked about the adventure in this whole like Pride Week, if you liked anything, with your one shot or anything, the one that you ran. Oh my goodness, uh, my one shot was so much fun. We actually had to record it in two parts because it went a little long, but everyone stepped into some really fun new characters, and it was um, kind of it was just really really fun time. I loved I love my players so much, and. Uh, I just love being around all the people that I love. <laughs> Up now is Etsu. My name is Aram Avartin, and I run Rise of the Demigods, which is another all LGBTQ uh, actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And I had a fantastic time today. I enjoy playing less intelligent uh, players. <laughs> it's kind of my wheelhouse, and it was the perfect event in which to do so. All right. Blue. Hi, I'm Matt Baum. He, him. Uh, I'm the co-creator of the podcast and live show Queens of Adventure. Uh, it's a comedy storytelling D&D podcast uh, featuring drag queens on a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Uh, it's uh, super fun. And we had a great time recording the special Pride uh, episode. Um, it was a lot of fun to do like a little one-off uh, and like uh, with this adventure uh, a big part of that was sort of reclaiming pride for uh, LGBTQ people and, and um, uh, marginalized groups and uh, empowering people who might otherwise have felt uh, like they were on the margins so uh, that is one of my favorite things about uh, playing D&D &D with drag queens yeah so you can find that show at queensofadventure.com last but not least Prada Hey, I'm Semi. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, and I am the DM slash editor of Queer Dungeoneers, uh, an all-LGBT dungeon world podcast. 
So not D&D, but <laughs> we have a lot of fun and a lot of feels and we have a great time. I really enjoyed today. This was, this was a lot of fun. It was great getting to build a character that um, uses social skills more than fighting. Um, I actually decided later that they didn't even have a weapon on them, so that was nice. Um, and it's always nice to remember that corporations are not your friend. Um, <laughs> we are. We're your friend. <laughs> All right. And so in case there are any listeners, I hope there are other listeners from other shows, I am Russ. I am the dungeon master of Prism Pals. I forgot the name of our show for a second, but that's okay. Um, I use he, him pronouns. I love one-shots because it lets me just be as ridiculous as possible and let my players just be as ridiculous as possible. So this was great. And I hope you enjoyed Pride Week. This is our final event, uh, final episode for the week, so... I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you give the shows that on here that you haven't listened to yet a try. All right, bye everyone. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Russ. So this is it. This is the last day of Pride Week. Um, I really don't know what to say. It, it's been a crazy month and a half or so since we started planning for this. We've been so busy getting recordings done, coming up with plans, recording normal episodes to make sure that nothing was falling behind, and the fact that this actually happened and we actually did it, and nothing went too wrong, boggles my mind. Like, this was, this is a big event. This was seven episodes we were working on that all involved their own productions and, like, their own editing, and it was... Wow. <laughs> We, we we actually did it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know that Kyle wasn't in the recording, um, and this is because he had some time conflicts with the episode, and it, this was really the only time we could nail down all of most of the DMs. Um, so he sat out of this recording, unfortunately. But yeah, I want to give a huge thank you to all of the DMs who were involved in this. I want to give a thank you to Aram Vartian, Matt Baum, Sammy, whose last name I'm forgetting, but I can probably look up right now. Okay, so I looked up Sammy's last name, and I don't know how to pronounce it, and I don't want to be rude, so I'm going to say Sammy M. Thank you to Franklin Falkowski, and thank you to Kyle. Even though he couldn't be a part of this episode, I still appreciate him. So yeah, this was the end. I hope you enjoyed this past week of content. Uh, we're taking a break next week, and then our next episode will be posted... Yeah, it'll be posted the 2nd of July. So hopefully you all enjoy that episode. We'll be going back to our normal episodes. Yeah, so make sure you help out all the rest of the queer content that's out there and just look into that and see what they have, because they're all really good shows and we love them all. Big thank you to Liz Sui for allowing us to use her anthem 
LGBTQ for this entire Pride Week. Uh, we love you, Liz. You're amazing. And the fact that you made this song just, like, in a day is incredible. Um, and I'm still freaking out about it. And everyone seems to love the song as much as we all do. If you want to support us, you can find us on Twitter at Prison Pals. Uh, there are a bunch of links on there, including links to a Kofi, our Patreon, and to our discord where you can come hang out and talk with us we're all very active on the discord and it's a very fun place um for those of you who are listening to this episode and were a part of our giveaway um we should have already announced the winner or will be announcing the winner soon on twitter just like check 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 the twitter kyle kyle will make sure to post it because he's a very good social media manager and i adore him um yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you to my amazing team. Wow, we did it. I love you. I love our listeners. I love everyone who supported us this week through all the stress and the, like, ridiculousness. And yeah, have a great rest of your Pride Month, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>